What is up, everyone? Welcome and a happy Friday to all of you. It's Texas All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris. Try to keep the voice where it needs to be. A lot of events the last week or so that have kind of drained on the voice, so I brought in the actual voice, the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer, to help me out. What's up, a lot Mark? of events, including all the draft coverage last week, Johnny. Yep. That was a ton. It feels weird to not have the draft this weekend. It's only been one weekend that you have it, but then... It goes by, and you're thinking, what did we do last week that was so – oh, yeah, that. That the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. Then last night I did an Evaluate and Educate live segment. Oh, how was that? About 20 or 25 fans. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Had a blast. Where was that? We did it in a team auditorium room, so I did my thing. I know how to use all the equipment in there. So, so that was Bill a mattress Bryan firm thing. And Mil- yep, mattress firm. Uh, Meg was was fantastic from Mattress Firm helping us put that together. Alex from our group was great. So it was fun to do that, and I'm kind of dangerous on the team auditorium equipment. If Bill O'Brien ever needs oh. me to come in, start doing some X and Owen in there. Oh, yeah. We need we, to break. We have a Lux event coming in there, uh, coming up there in a, about a month or so. Lux, by the way, is sweets. Yes. And it's a beautiful thing, and go to HoustonTexans.com. I believe it's slash Lux. Yes, L-U-X-E. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to do that. We'll have Drew Doherty on the show a little bit later. We're going to go 20 questions. And then my Twitter feed is always full of bold predictions and questions. I got a few bold predictions. But, Mark, I've seen a few things that I, I wanted to bounce off you mm-hmm. because obviously John McClain was on with you yesterday, so I want to get your thoughts. First of all, Monday Night Football has now hired Jason Witten. I'm glad you brought this up. Because I bring this up for a, for a couple of reasons. Number yeah. one, I know there's been talk over the years about who you're going to put in the Monday Night Football booth. And obviously, growing up, we had Howard Cosell, Don Meredith, and Frank Gifford. Nothing will ever top that. And they added to the aura of Monday Night Football. But it was also at a time when Monday Night Football was growing. Right. They, need, they needed the entertainment stage in some sense to go along with it. It was a new thing for people. Monday night, football games are on. I mean, there were so many yep. things they were doing that was different. The highlight show at halftime with Howard Cosell. There were so many things different and unique about it. I think Monday night football now is about the actual game itself. Yep. And at that point, I want to have somebody in the booth that is just going to tell me what's happening. No matter what, here's what you're looking at, whether they do an X's no talk or whatever. But they can just tell me what's going on and entertain me at the same time. Like, if you can give me the Jeff Van Gundy of football and put him up there, I'm I'm so entertained by Jeff whenever he does a game. It's funny you bring up Van Gundy because remember when the rumors were maybe Charles Barkley into the booth? This right. was years ago, but they really needed a spark. And think about some of the things they've done in the last couple of decades. Dennis Miller, yep. Tony Kornheiser, yep. you know, guys you wouldn't think would be Monday Night Football announcers, but they made them into that. And, look, they didn't do very well. You could say mixed reviews. You know, Kornheiser had his moments. Even Miller, eh, Miller didn't do that well. And I, I really liked Dennis Miller, but he did not do that well. It was a tough spot for him. I remember his first game was the Hall of Fame game. And he said, gee, the game looks so different from the broadcast booth. I've never been in here before. Like, he actually said something like that. And I thought, (laughs) that just does not come across very well. When you consider some of the guys who would love a shot at, and I know that Mike Mayock and Kurt Warner and people like that have been venting about not getting an opportunity to get at that level. But the fact is, Mayock has an excellent job. Warner has an excellent job. Witten, to me, I think if Romo hadn't been so successful, Witten doesn't even get a look. I mean, he might get a look. But for Monday Night Football, this is – and I also think this, Johnny, that 
It's amazing to me how there's no other analyst right now who could possibly take that role. There's nobody they can elevate. Madden right. didn't start out doing that. Well, Madden did CBS, then Fox, then eventually right. Monday Night Football. But you get my drift here. Right. Uh, a lot of guys cut their teeth doing the Sunday Absolutely. afternoon game, and they worked their way up. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, there were some guys that over the years I would have thought could maybe have made that transition. Yeah, Matt Millen could have made that transition a, few, a, a number of years wow. ago, but he decided to go the GM route. John Lynch was kind of making that transition, and then he went the GM route. So yeah. there were a few guys that I thought about that could possibly do it. And and look, nobody really knows how Jason's going to be on the air. Mm-hmm. We have we have no idea. I don't think anybody knew what he Tony was going to do. Tony was a surprise. Yeah, he uh, might be. But I, I think to me, as, as long as he can, hey, here's what you're looking at. Here's what here's what you're seeing. Here's mm-hmm. here's something maybe you don't know and give it to everybody and, it to, and be entertaining in some way, shape, or form. I don't know, throwing a pop culture reference every now and again. Whatever yeah. the case might be, just make the game, leave the game as it is, but if you can add to it through being entertaining or add some, to, uh, some of the football knowledge to it, I'm totally fine with it. Are you surprised, though, that he got this gig? Because I am. I am, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's not as big a name as Tony Romo or no. Peyton Manning or anybody else who's been no. talked about. Not at a, not even close. No. And I, you know, I, I was shocked when I saw it. When I saw his name was up for it, I went, whoa. Holy smokes. That's why I bring up the Romo thing. Oh, former Cowboy, it worked out. Let's right. go with him. Not that he's incapable. Right. I'm sure he'll practice very much. Yeah. Practice is just one part of it, by the way. It's very difficult, and you know you know this, obviously. It's very difficult to simulate what it's like to actually do a game. You can watch all the tape you want, do it off a monitor. It's just not the same thing as a live game unfolding in front of you. There's probably... There are probably not too many games you can show him that he hasn't seen before, right. but that's what they have to do. they got to right. show him a game, uh, let him prepare for a game. See, I hear that's the problem. You can't prepare freshly for a game. As soon right. as he starts, let, let's show you Jacksonville versus Tennessee from 2015 <laughs> when they were both horrible, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't, you know, even as you prepare for that, right. I mean, do you have the weekly releases of those two teams leading up to that game? Okay, right. maybe you can just spice that up a little bit and maybe – you know, he will he might know the result. He'll know where the franchises are headed. There's no way to really give you that clean slate to practice properly. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's funny because obviously we're in the business, but I remember doing the first game, and TV and radio are, are, are completely different, which I've, yep. I've realized. But doing that first game that I ever did with, with you was a 49ers preseason game back in 14. And I remember it had always been my dream to do game analysis. Cardinals. And, and I was, was the Cardinals. Well, no, I'm talking in the booth with you. Oh, okay. Next oh, year, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I did that with the 49ers, and I remember how fast everything was going. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know the game. You guys knew I knew the game. But the first quarter or so, I was still trying to figure out, oh, my God, what just happened? Like, what happened? I mean, it's moving so fast. I mean, it took it took a while for that to really, for me, yeah. really kind of calm down to get to a point where, Okay, now I can tell you a little bit more of what I'm seeing. I can actually hit some of the high points as opposed to, all right, well, this guard's left foot. Okay, if you look here, his left foot is a little bit back, so that means he's going to, you know, getting that kind of stuff that you would normally talk about, um, you know, like if you're watching a game with a bunch of football buddies, you know, you, you can point that stuff out, but it really doesn't matter in a broadcast. And then I started doing college TV broadcasts, and I got, it took a while, kind of the same thing. It was like the game had to sort of slow down. This is the game at the highest level. For him, and he's never done radio media of any kind. I know. At it's, all. It's really difficult to imagine. I, How about Joe Tessator, huh? I like Joe, but I don't know. There's some. There's an association with Joe to me 
of the Heisman Trophy in college. I know. And He's so that's such gonna a be college hard. guy. That's going to be really hard to break through for me. I Really look, hard. I have not talked to Dave Pash about this, but I would imagine there are some guys, although Pash would have to give up the Cardinals radio gig to mm-hmm. do this, I'm not saying he wouldn't do that or right. it would or whatever, but there have to be a number of those ESPN high-profile guys. I'll give you another name. Bob Wischusen, who's a really yeah. talented play-by-play guy, does the Jets, Jets on radio. And I don't know if he'd be willing to give up the Jets. You'd have to give up your radio gig to do Monday Night Football. They yeah. travel on Friday or Saturday. They're yeah. there all weekend. It's a, it's a big event. And there's a lot of preparation and meetings. You can't do your radio gig and Monday Night Football on television. You could do Howard David once had what I consider the greatest radio gig in the history of the medium. And I'm kind of joking about that, but not really. He did Monday Night Football, the New York Jets, and the Boston Celtics all on radio all at the same time. And the Masters. And the Masters. Oh, my I mean, what a gig to have. Oh, wait a minute. What did I leave out? I said the Celtics. All right, so I, that does it. You have an NBA season, an NFL season for a local team, NFL season on Monday Night Football. I oh, mean, that would, that would be phenomenal, gosh. although I don't know how you keep it all straight. You know, I really enjoy being the voice of one team, you know, yeah. being monogamous in this business, but that was a pretty good gig and uh, no eventually kidding. lost them all. So oh, oh, That's what happens gosh. with jobs. I, you know, Kurt, I think Kurt, I like listening to Kurt. Like, I've listened to some radio broadcasts that Kurt has done of games. Mm-hmm. He's very no nonsense, but I I enjoy. It. He's kind of a good soothing listen. I mean, he's yeah. I, I I like him. I I wouldn't have had they don't any want problem soothing, with John. They don't want uh, soothing on Monday Night Football. All right, so let, let me ask you this: greatest Monday Night Football announcer ever of any of the three guys in the booth at any one time could be play by play color. What do you think? Who do you think it is? And during his Monday Night Football tenure, not anything this announcer might have done before or after. Mm. I mean, is it Howard Cosell? I would have to say that he was, yeah. I mean, I, I would think so. I think it's Howard Cosell. I think so. He yeah. was such a unique addition to that broadcast. Mm-hmm. And he had such a chemistry with Don Meredith. It's almost like you can't think of one without the other. Right. But but Cosell was, it's funny because he fought against the jockocracy for so long. Right. And yet he was probably the one who benefited the most from being next to a jock being right. next to Don Meredith because I think if it's Howard Cosell and Frank Gifford, it's good, but you put it next to Don Meredith and right. it's transcendent. And well, how about Gifford? He was a play-by-play guy and a pretty good one. I mean, when Al yeah. Michaels came in, Gifford slid over and yeah. did some color, but Gifford was a good play-by-play man, and he was a former player, just yep. like Pat Summerall was yep. a former player and a really good play-by-play man. Yeah, and a guy that was a former player for the Texans is Brian Cushing. Before I let you go. Mm-hmm. He's going out to interview with the Raiders. The Raiders have already signed Derek Johnson, formerly of the Chiefs, yeah. and are also looking at Brian Cushing, uh, formerly of the Houston Texans. Well, Any thoughts? You know, as a Raider, it just seems strange. This is a guy who really you want to see retire as a Texan, yeah. but good for him if he can still play. It's going to be tough, though. You get the rigors of camp and all of that, and Gruden just he's going to want to see what he can do in in the in the six weeks of training camp. He'll, you know, it depends on their linebacker health situation. Right. But it's going to be tough to get through as a veteran. I mean, yep. that's going to be a very tough camp. He's going to want to get his Gruden mentality going, and we'll see how it all goes for Brian and, and Derek Johnson. And one of the things that he's doing is exactly what he did before. He trusts veterans. He's not yeah. trust young players. And this is not, this is not an old person league. This is no. not, not anymore. Look around the league. It is a young guys league. Guys yeah. are leaving college earlier. Mm-hmm. They're not sticking around as long. 
Right. Careers are ending at 27, 28 years old. This, right. is, a young, this is a young person's you, league. You can't have too many old guys on your team. You no. can have some. Some, yes. you got to spice it in. Yeah. Like Tony Cheshire's. <laughs> you got to spice it in just a little bit. But you can't dominate it because it's too much. It's a little, little shake will do you. Yep. A little spice in the broth. Mark, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Johnny. 20 questions with Drew Doherty coming up next. Will we ever get to 20 questions? Uh, probably not, but that's kind of the point. We'll talk with Drew next right here in Texas All Access. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show, a Friday night show, all access, Texans all access from the Hyundai Texans radio studio. And as I tease going into the break is one of my favorite questions. It's putting my man Drew Doherty on the spot. But it's not so much putting Drew on the spot as much as it is just getting his thoughts about various things. It's time for 20 questions. Now, the running joke with 20 questions is I never get to 20. Yep. I think maybe I get to 10. We need to do it in podcast form to get to 20. Right. And then it takes right. three hours and 12 minutes. Right, because we would need to really yeah, go go well beyond. But I figure 20 questions, uh-huh. it's a good time to go 20 questions we've at been this dra- point. We've, we've been, we've been drafting. We've been talking draft. We've, been, Let's just, you we've know, been doing a lot of different yeah. things. Well, we, might mix, we might mix some draft. Yeah, I mean, we know uh, we know each other's thoughts on Justin yeah. Reed and Kiki yeah. QT and what they where they fit. Right. They're going to look long. Yeah, it's it's time. It's Friday. It is. It is Friday. So let's do it. Let's do twenty. People are questions. getting 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 loose out there tonight. Yeah, it is. You know what? It's day before Cinco de Mayo. That's right. It's, yeah. What are People you gonna do for Cinco loose. de Mayo? Uh, hopefully, I'm gonna be at home doing yeah. nothing. Just getting loose at home. Right? Yeah. Just yeah. man, <laughs> I've been I've been out in about five of the last eight days, like uh-huh. doing something. Last night though, I gotta admit, I did a mattress firm, uh, evaluate and educate segment live. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's usually I do on radio, and I did it live Those last are fun. night. Those are fun. For about 20, 25 people, and it was fantastic. So hopefully, Mattress Firm was happy with that, and we'll continue to do that because that was, that was really fun. Brought some people in, and they seemed to have a pretty good time. And one of my dudes in there wanted me to sign a dollar. <laughs> That's illegal, isn't it? Nah, you can sign anything. Could man. I? Yeah, uh, sure, sure. I did, and I signed like an autograph card for him. You know, like our little Texans cards. What's the Secret Service going to roll up on you? No, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. It's not I like mean, they're going to do anything. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's it's you, you know, know that's the new world we live in. That's so. who enforces. Uh, they don't just guard the president and stuff. They they also do counterfeiting. No, I mean, I, I well, I you know, I don't want to mess with them. I mean, I don't want to. I might be talking out of my butt now, but maybe anyways, yeah. that's that's okay. I, I didn't. It didn't end up signing it. I ended up signing like a like a Texans autograph card. So uh-huh. I felt better about that. I'll I, sign your dollars. John's afraid. I'll sign your dollars, friends. <laughs> Just bring it to me. I'll sign your dollar. I'll sign your $5 bill, whatever. I'm not I'm not scared. All right. Let's get into 20 questions. Now, this is going to be – I think it's going to be a good 20 questions because I got questions from all over the place. That's the best type. All right. Here we go. Question number one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Texans are not playing football right now. They are working out, practicing, uh, doing some conditioning, stuff like that, but they're not playing. So that leaves the Astros and the Rockets and – Dynamo and those uh, and our rugby team, mm-hmm. SaberCats, I believe. Yep. All right, your favorite current non-Houston Texans professional athlete is Justin Verlander. Why? Because the guy came in, rode in on his white horse, like Randy Johnson did. But unfortunately for Randy, this guy, this guy did the deal in October as well. And Randy pitched well in October, but he, you know. Just didn't have as many chances, and I, I've just I've loved seeing what Verlander has done. Yeah, I've l- absolutely loved it. Close second would be Clint Capella, and I've been team Clint Capella since he was a rookie. Yeah, because I was like, hold on, who's this nineteen-year-old kid <laughs> that is finishing these yeah. oops on these alley oops? Yeah. Like, 
I thought this guy's going to be awesome. Yeah. And he, it's all come to fruition. And I know that's easy to say now, but you can ask my friend Ricky Nuila. Yeah. You heard me say it. You can ask my friend Ryan McCauley. You've been saying it for him. a while. Yeah. You can ask uh, You can ask Jose with the Rockets. He'll tell you, too. You are going to host a radio show, not on Texans radio, mm-hmm. but on a sports station in the city of Houston. Who would you want to be your sports talk host, co-host? Easy. Sean Cody. Oh, I should have known that one. Yeah. I should have known that was coming. Now we'd have to get him in from L.A., and I don't think he's going to do that. But, yeah, Cody would – because it, it would – we'd talk probably football 7% of the time, and then we'd, do, we'd be up to shenanigans <laughs> the rest of it. Yeah. But when, he, when, he, when football talk would come up, he'd be good at it. He's, oh, yeah. He's sneakily good at that. So, yeah. I mean, there's always ISDN lines. I mean, you can – yeah, that's true. You can do that. I mean, that's 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 simple to do. So, I mean, that's some, something to think about. Sean Cody, Drew Doherty. What would the name of the show be? Mm. Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> that's not bad. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. That that would be... Uh, darn, man. You're putting me on the spot here. I'm not very creative. Uh, we can't do On the Nose, because... Well, you could. Could. On the nose and in the nose, or I don't know. In the nose, on the nose, in the nose, nose would be pretty good. That would K-N- be interesting. K-N-O-W-S. Sean Cody and Drew Doherty radio show. That would be yeah. a good one. I'd listen to that. Yeah, absolutely, would listen to that. that. All right, you have. I want to say this in a morbid way, but you are you're going to go have surgery. You're going to be tortured alive. Which no. way would you? You're going to go have surgery, mm-hmm. and because of this surgery, you're not going to be able to eat solid food for two weeks. So you've got to have a final meal before that surgery. What's that meal? Because you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be alive after the surgery, right? You're right. You're gonna again. be fine. Yeah, yeah. So what would my so you're gonna eat again, but you're not gonna eat for a while. So you want to throw down? Yeah. Your meal. What's your meal? I'll have a nice steak. I'll have uh, I'll have some wasabi mashed potatoes. Wow. I'll have some. Uh, Hmm, wasabi mashed potatoes. Oh, the Brussels sprouts from Local Foods. Oh, good one. Really good. Yeah. And then my mom's cinnamon cake. Holy smoke. Have. It's really good. That's pretty good. It's delicious. You might have a – we got we're, we're, we got something cooking, not to pun it up, but right. we got something cooking in the next few weeks. You might get a chance to taste some of that. I'm down There's, for that. There might be – some coming in. I am. I'm totally. I'm totally shenanigans. Down like I'm there. totally down for yeah, that. It's really good. Okay, we all know. We know that you have you have little ones, and mm-hmm. they're they're growing up. They're going to be in elementary school very very soon. Yeah, a few years. In a few years, going to be there. Okay, you get to pick one Texan to be their third grade teacher. <laughs> Who would that be? be Which a, Texan has would to be you a choose? Texan? A current Texan um, to be your your kids now. It's going to be a few years, but yeah. this current team to be your elementary school teacher. Who would you want it to be? Who would be the best fit as an elementary school teacher? You know, John Weeks would probably be a good teacher. Mm-hmm. I think. I bet Deshaun Watson would be. He'd probably be good at anything. Yeah, I bet he'd be a good teacher. Sure would. Um, I have one name in mind. In fact, that's the name I'm thinking about. Jonathan Joseph would probably be a very good teacher. Ooh, good one. Uh, Kareem Joseph would probably Kareem Jackson, excuse me, would probably be a real funny yeah. teacher. He'd have the kids <laughs> laughing. He'd be like the kids' favorite teacher. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I'd go with those guys. Which Texan? Which Texan do you think would allow the kids to get away with the most stuff? Kareem. 
which Texan would you think? But would he'd not... keep them in line, you know, yeah, he'd yeah. Be away with stuff that's within line, within reason. Which Texan do you think would let them get away with nothing? Hardcore, just by the rules all the time. Oh man, by the rules all the time. That's a tough one. Yeah, who, who would that be? This is a pretty fun loving locker room. You know? I know it is. It is pretty good. It is pretty good. Lo- a pretty good locker room. Gosh, I don't know who would you choose. You know who I? You know who I thought of? Who? Uh, Andre Howe. Andre yeah, Howe yeah, walking in as an elementary would. school teacher, I think, would be fantastic because he's equal parts. Like he's got a good sense of humor. I think the kids would would like approaching him, but I think also he would have. Okay, it's time to get serious now. I got two others. Okay, Brian Peters would be fun. Oh he'd yeah, be, he'd be a good teacher, and Joel Heath would be a good teacher. Yeah, jo- yes. Joel Heath would get good one. Joel Heath would get the uh, year end teacher of the year award. I think, <laughs> and, be, and like the and the principal that read it. Uh, the, the description for why he won it would cry probably two thirds of the way through, you know, because he'd probably been so inspirational. You get one interview with a non-Texans NFL player. You get eight minutes with that player. You can ask absolutely anything and everything you want to in those eight minutes. Tom Brady, I want to find out some stuff. You do. Yeah, I think that's the one I would use too. Yeah, I think the other one I would want would be Aaron Rodgers. Just because I'd want to talk to Aaron Rodgers. That'd be good. Marshawn Lynch would probably be pretty good, too, because he hasn't spoken. He hasn't spoken to anybody. He'd he'd be interesting. Because he does a lot of stuff around the city of Oakland. He does. And We saw him when we were in L.A. for the Rams game. We were coming back from dinner, and we popped out of the car, and we're like, is that Marshawn? Like, wait a second. Wait, Marshawn Lynch? (laughs) And then we realized his cousin, Josh Johnson, Johnson, played for the Texans, Mm -hmm. and the Raiders were on an off week. And so we got out, and he kind of said, he's like, y'all look like a clown car. Just got, we had people. We had like eight people <laughs> in the Suburban or whatever it was. We just kept coming out. And I just, I was like, it's Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I think, Mar- I think Marshawn would be, I think Marshawn would be very, very funny. Yeah. Okay, let's put two of them together. Okay. You are going to have that last meal before surgery, and you get to invite three individuals from the sports world. Okay. Three individuals from the sports world. So it's a four-man dinner. It's you and three individuals from the sports world. Now, that can encompass media, coaching, football, basketball, baseball, TV, radio, whoever you want. They can know each other. They don't have to know each other. But you got to pick three people from the, from the sports world that you want with you at this dinner. It's a couple hours. You can ask anything you want. You can eat anything you want. Which Three sports world members are you bringing? Uh, or are you asking to show up? I think The Rock would be pretty fun to hang out with. I'll have him. That's a good one. I think, let's see, who else? I want to have fun with this. Cause like, so I'm not okay. going to invite like Jordan. I'm not going to invite nah. Tiger Woods. I'm not going to invite LeBron, LeBron James. They don't seem like have they'd fun. have fun because they'd, then they'd all be competing for like, who's the alpha dog? Okay. <laughs> It's like, okay, guys, yeah, All right. congrats, you're the best. So the Rock is good. Uh, yep. I like the Rock because he seems like he'd be fun. I want to have fun at this dinner. Um, who else is fun? Stephen A. Smith is fun. You don't want Stephen A. Smith? You don't want you don't want him at your dinner? I think John Daly would kind of be fun. Oh, my God, John Daly would be aw- with The Rock? John Daly, That's The Rock. two out of three is perfect. And what's my third one? Hmm. Tom Coughlin? He's not full of laughs. Is no. that what you're saying? You know what? Jeff Van Gundy. I want to. I like Jeff Van oh. Gundy. I, I've had some conversations with him. He's a really cool guy. I've, we went shopping up at the. Well, 
we were really just killing time on a Saturday yeah. a couple of years ago because the kids were climbing the walls. It was a cold December day, day before a game. So we were, I was like, let's go to the stadium. So we drove to the stadium yeah. and let them run around, and we went into the team shop, and he was in there shopping with his wife, and we just kind of chit-chatted for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. He's a cool guy. I think that would be an interesting mix, Jeff Van Gundy, John Daly, and, and The Rock. And the Rock. Yeah. That's a very interesting dinner. Get some I good once, stories. I once had a dinner with – uh, a good buddy of mine, everybody knows Lance Airline. Yeah. Lance and yeah. I, and Lance invited you know guys that he knew, mm-hmm. and Alonzo Highsmith, who's now, uh, I think he's senior VP of player personnel for the Browns. Stories. Yep. John Hoke, who used to be the DB defensive backs coach here. Mm-hmm. Chris Ballard, who's now the GM with the Colts, mm-hmm. and he invited Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah. And so it was the six of us at dinner, went to Maggiano's, and just, I, I was just a fly on the wall. I was just listening That's... the whole time. The whole time. And then Van Gundy was next to me, and he was telling stories. And so every time he would tell a story, he all started laughing. He'd like he'd hit me just, you know, reflexively because I'm, like, doubled <laughs> over and laughing. He'd like, no, I'm like, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm telling. And it was yeah. fantastic because he was enamored with the stories that the football guys would share. Yeah. He's, he a, was, big, he's a big sports fan. I mean, he's loved, a huge football I mean, fan. He's a huge football fan. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, a good, that's a good trio. That's yeah. really good. Um, at mine, I would do Belichick. Popovich, and I would probably just those two. The wine would be good because of Popovich. Yeah, the wine would be very good. The discussion would be great. And I probably would bring Jay Wright from Villanova, but I wouldn't have much laugh. I wouldn't have many laughs, but I would get to learn a lot. I See, would I want to laugh when I was yeah, you're, you're, yeah, I would just pick coaches because I just like to, I like to hear coaches uh, let them pick their mind. I bet, though, those, those two old cantankerous souls would probably get, get some laughs going. Yeah, Belichick probably right. and Pop, They'd probably – Spur each other on. Texans go to Indianapolis, Tennessee, and Jacksonville every year being in the AFC South. Yep. The NFL enacts a rule that says, okay, you're going to play another team twice a year. Cowboys. You would play the Cowboys twice a yes. year. Yes. Without a doubt. Yes. No questions asked. No questions asked. That's who I want. I, You know, that Sunday night, I got to talking about this with, with the people last night at the Match from event, and uh, one of them asked me, and it was a good question, like, which game did the Texans absolutely have to win? And I thought it was a great question, and I thought, man, just kind of playing out the scenarios, like, if they go to New England and don't play well to start the year, that game against Tennessee becomes absolute must-win. But – See, can you say that anymore, though? I mean, because I don't know, after, but I just – After the 2-5 and five start a few years back. True. That's, that's the way true. I – I mean, you want to win, obviously, and it makes it easier for you if you do win it, but – But I think for a few reasons, though, first of all, it's – it's a divisional opponent. Yeah. It's on the road. It's a team that, in fact, I was working on this a little bit. I'm going to have this article hopefully next week. There are 18 new players on this team. And I think if you can start off, if you get off to a decent to solid start off, I think that momentum carries you through and you can do something beyond yeah. 10 and 6 or 9 and 7. You and can do something beyond the that. The Titans are a real Jekyll and Hyde team, too. Right. Like, Ex- I don't know what exactly. you're going to get. So. Exactly. And so. I, and then I kind of played it out. I said, you know, I think the Giants are going to be better, but you're not going to lose your home. You better not lose your home opener. And so the game that I actually circled was Indianapolis, week four. You're better than Indianapolis. Your roster's better than Indianapolis if you're all healthy, but you got to go back up there. That's a place you won two out of the last three, but yeah. you, you essentially blew one at the end of last year. Not that it really matters because the team that you're playing with that day and the team you go up there with in week four are completely different. But you got to go up there and send a statement, make a statement. And then if you come out of there – Three and one after those first four because you've beaten Tennessee and you've beaten uh, Indianapolis and you beat the Giants. Maybe you're four and zero. Oh, maybe you've beaten the Patriots. Who knows? 
When you come into this building 3-1 and one against the Cowboys or you're 4-0 oh against the Cowboys, this place is going to be a mad house. Yeah, it is. Can you imagine doing that every year? That'd be fun. I thought about that as I was I'd be watching. cool with that, yeah. I was watching uh, the All or Nothing series. Uh-huh. It I'm is about the Dallas too. Cowboys. Yeah. What do you think of it? It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. You can see why they, they struggle to win and struggle to win. I mean, there's so many distractions. Yeah, it, there, there really was. But you know what I was envious of? I they don't make admit. much of that, but I, that's what sticks out to me. Yeah, it, you know, they just kind of present the facts yeah. in that. They don't take one side or they don't really kind of complain one way or say it, the, you know, another they just kind of let it out there, but you can tell. You can tell just watching it. It's had it's had an impact mm-hmm. on them uh, with the distractions. Oh, I'm not, and I'm not even talking about the the distractions that the cameras themselves are presenting. I'm talking about they they are documenting the other distractions. Right, right, so, right, right. Yeah. I the one thing that I, that came out of there that makes me a little bit envious to a degree, and I am glad that the AFC South has kind of raised its game. So now games in the AFC South are that much more important. I mean, the games of the Colts have always been fun. But it's like the Cowboys have the Redskins every year. Yeah. And those games are just knockdown dragouts. I mean, and the Eagles other, yeah. and Giants. I mean, that division, I mean, it's just hatred. There's deep seated hatred. I wish we had a game like that on the schedule. And I know the Cowboys would would definitely yeah. do that for our people for sure. Yeah, those, Drew, you've got those four teams. And then remember, you used to have the Cardinals. And mixed in with all that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You did. <laughs> we didn't get very far in 20 questions, but you did a good job, man. Thanks, Thank man. You. Thanks for having me. We actually never get far in 20 questions, to be honest with you, but thanks to Drew. Anyways, all right, we get back. Some bold predictions and some questions on my Twitter feed. Some thoughts that you guys have had. Talk about that next right here in Texans All Access. Welcome back. One final segment of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris. Big thanks to Mark and Drew for stopping by and sharing some thoughts. So I figured I'd go to my Twitter, at Football at the letter J, Football and hit some of the... Bold predictions slash questions that I've gotten from Twitter. Here are a few that I've gotten over the last few days. I think you guys will. It'll be interesting to talk about some of these. Number one, this one is from Chris. At Brack Prince Tough Nine. I think I said that right. He said, Reed, me and Justin Reed, will be starting by the end of the season. And he should be the third starter from this draft class. Now, a couple of things here. Number one, let's talk about the concept of starting. I talked about this on Cooler Talk, presented by Arctic. Talked about this earlier today. The Texans will start. When it comes to starting running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defensive linemen, linebackers, secondary, it doesn't matter who starts. It really doesn't. It matters how many plays and a potential player gets in in a game. That's what matters. It doesn't matter who starts. Look at the starting lineup against the Cincinnati Bengals. You had Kyle Fuller and Julio Davenport starting in that game. Why? Because they were playing tight end. And then we didn't have any tight ends. So I I think the starting concept is, eh, so what? I think the way to look at this is, will these players, and and, and I'm, I'm just as guilty because I said, when asked the question, is the twenty eight would the twenty eighteen NFL draft will be a success if dot dot dot. And I said at one point that they get one impact starter. What I should have said is that they got an impact player through sixteen games. That's what I that's what I wanted to say. Because starting, not starting, look, that really only matters for the offensive line and the quarterback, to be honest. You're not gonna rotate offensive linemen, the five you start, usually the five that play the whole game. And the quarterback is the quarterback. 
you're not going to play a second quarterback, you're going with you're going with that guy. And of course, it's Deshaun Watson, so we all know that. But everybody else, there were games, and I can I can think uh, starting back to 2014 and even beyond. But just when Bill O'Brien got here in 2014, there were games when Ryan Griffin, C.J. Fedorich would start. And then you wouldn't see him for a few plays. And then there would be times where they didn't start, and you'd see him for the next eight plays. There would be times where last year Deontay Foreman and Lamar Miller started together, and then Deontay didn't play much of the game. Lamar played most of the game. And so starting doesn't mean a whole lot. But I, I get Chris's point, and that is that Justin Reed will be a factor in this secondary, I think, almost immediately. I think he's got to be. I think he's a guy that can cover on the inside. He's got the size, the length, the speed you want. And a guy that can cover on the inside, I just don't know about safety. And I, and I guess that's the other concept. And I mentioned this to Mark the other day. I think the secondary actually be, should be three different positions, outside corners, inside corners, and safeties. And I think Justin Reed in that situation, to me, would be more of an inside corner. And that's what he's going to play. I think he and Kareem are going to be the guys that they will use inside. Now, what their full-time position is, what, what, their, for, uh, what their position is in base Justin will go with the safeties, I would imagine. Where Kareem goes, that obviously is going to be something that we talk about. We already talked about with Mark about Tristan Deku moving to safety, something that John McClain put out there on Twitter yesterday and something I've been talking about since January. I just kind of felt like it was a fait accompli that they were going to do it because he just doesn't he doesn't run well enough to play outside. And that's okay. And we've seen that before. We've seen a guy do that after one year, Andre Howell. Andre Howell played his first year at corner, and there were times – when he played out there, I thought he looked okay. And then there were times where you could tell, now this isn't the right fit. They moved him to safety, and he's made some plays, got a second contract, etc. Trustin's got that opportunity because he's got size. Man, can you imagine Deku and uh, Justin Reed back there together? Who man, you got some size. But you know that Tyron's going to play back there at safety, and Yandre Howe's going to be back there at safety. Now Deku's going to be back there. You know, Justin Reed's going to be back at safety in a base alignment. But you know how much they play base alignment. It's not that much. So Justin Reed is going to be somebody that has to be in the ballgame for this defense to cover, to get up in receivers, uh, inside receivers, jock straps, and stay with them all over the field. Something he's got to continue to build on. The one thing, he's very, very good in coverage. What he's got to do better is play the ball in the air. His ball skills have got to improve. Got to improve. There are a couple of games, USC in particular, actually both games against USC. They played them earlier in the season, and they played them in Pac-12 championship games. That Justin lost the ball in the air. He's got to do better. He's got his, his ball skills have got to improve a little bit, but he can cover. Remember last year, guys couldn't even do that for the Texans, so that's definitely there. Here's the other part of this. He should be the third starter from this draft class. Now, Chris doesn't say who he thinks the other starters are from this draft class, which I would find somewhat interesting. Like, wait a second. Who, who are your other starters? Who are the other guys that you are penciling in from this draft class as starters? That, to me, would be the other question. you got two outside linebackers, Duke Edge 4 and Peter Kellenbaugh. you got two tight ends in Jordan Thomas and Jordan Akins. So I don't know if he's thinking of one of those two guys, Martinez Rankin, as being a starter because he was the only lineman that was drafted. Could it be an undrafted offensive lineman? I think from what I've seen, and we have not seen the official list, and I've said before, talking about the undrafted free agent class is – it's going to get you in trouble. It got me in trouble last year because there were two guys that I wrote about didn't even show up on day one and didn't show up at all. And I wrote about them because I, I thought they would end up being uh, players and I read reports online that said they were coming and then they weren't here. So they failed a physical or just didn't show up or just wanted to retire from football. Take your pick. 
But either way, I'm curious to see who the three starters would be if you want to look at it as a starter. But I think three rookies will certainly play. I think more than three rookies are going to play a significant time for this team. I think the two tight ends, I'd love to see both of them get involved, but at least one of them. I think the outside linebackers, I think at least one of them will be on the field and getting some reps with Brent Scarlett and Whitney Merciless. I think Justin, uh, Martinez Rankin has got to be in consideration for one of the starting spots. He's as athletic as anybody they're going to have. And then I think Justin Reed is going to be a significant factor in the secondary. I think you're going to get a lot more out of this draft than maybe it appeared going in like, oh, you don't have first, you don't have second. Yeah, it's okay. We got four in the top 103. These guys are going to play. Oh, and, of course, Kiki QT is going to be a factor for sure on special teams as a returner. And as soon as he learns that slot position and they can find some, as Mark says, the flippity-flips and doopity-doos, that they can get him the ball in different ways then that's going to be interesting as well. So I think I think a lot of – I mean, I think even more than three are going to be impactful. I don't know if they'll be like full-time starters, but I think you're going to have impactful players up and down this draft class. Uh, this is a pretty interesting one from Cal. This is actually an information-based one, asking about training camp practices. Now, he asked me about a month ago, and then he followed up. Training camp practices are in – are going to be in the Greenbrier. I don't know how long we're there, but we, I know we're going to Greenbrier. If you want to go, I think last year they had tickets available, but you had to go through the Greenbrier site to get them. Now, it's also been rumored, and it was from actually a guy that I used to speak with a lot when I had my national radio show, Matt Mayoko from CSM Bay Area. He reported that the 49ers would be practicing against the Texans leading up to the preseason game here. So if my math is correct, we'd be up to Greenbrier, go to Kansas City, and I would imagine come home because then we're practicing against the 49ers. I believe that game on the 49ers would be on a Saturday, more than likely. And if you get two practices in, that's probably Wednesday, Thursday, or Tuesday, Wednesday. So I wouldn't imagine you go back to the Greenbrier after Kansas City for a day and then come here. But Matt Mayoko had reported that a few days ago that the – Texans and the 49ers will be practicing against one another here in Houston. And that, my friends, would be all kinds of fantastic. First of all, you get back to training camp weather, so you feel like you've put in a workout. Secondly, you get to see Jimmy G again. Third, Kyle Shanahan, who carved his niche in this NFL world starting here, really, in Houston as offensive coordinator for the 9 and 10 groups, which were just fantastic. Um so he comes back here, and I think it, the 49ers team that is certainly on the rise with a ton of athleticism. But to me, seeing Jimmy G again, I think that's going to be good for this group because it's a guy that gets rid of the ball very quickly. The Texans have seen him in the preseason in the last few years. They saw him there last year. They practiced against him last year. They saw him in a game last year. So they saw him in training camp. They saw him in a preseason game. And they saw him in a regular season game. Has that happened for anybody else? I don't think so. So – that was what Matt had reported. So my guess is that there will be a there will be joint practices. Now, obviously, that has not been reported and confirmed from our side, but Matt, I believe, was getting that from the 49ers when the 49ers were having a post-draft soiree um, with John Lynch, the general manager, and Kyle Shanahan, the head coach. So be on the lookout for that. Hopefully that information will be out there uh, at some point to confirm from the Texans' side the practices with the San Francisco 49ers. So uh, there you go. 
That is that was from Cal on Twitter as well. All right, this one is from Bobby. He says, what numbers will the rookies wear? I love this number. I'm, I'm big on numerology. Well, the Texans put out the numbers yesterday, and the one that really mattered to me was that Kiki QT is wearing 16 because y'all know I'm OCD. So I love things in order. Quarterbacks, Whedon, three. Watson, four. Webb, five. Three, four, five. Running backs, Lamar, 26. Deontay, 27. Alfred Blue, 28. 26, 27, 28. Receivers, Hop, 10. DeAndre White, 11. Bruce Ellington, 12. Braxton Miller, 13. Chris Thompson, 14. Will Fuller, 15. Kiki QT, 16. Oh, it's 10 through 16. It's so, so freaking awesome. The tight ends will have their college numbers. That's good. Jordan Thomas, 83. Jordan Aikens, 88. Justin Reed will wear 38. Jermaine Kelly will wear 35. Martinez Rankin will wear 75. So just a few of the numbers that the Texans will have, uh, the Texas rookies will have. So now uh, if you can feel up to speed, you can start going out and getting your jerseys and figuring out what those guys uh, what those guys are going to wear. You can get your 38 jersey. This one from Texans legend. You actually penned this one to Mark, but it came to me as well. Said Mark, which player is the best on the rookie draft class list? And then Matthew responded. He said, "I think QT, Reed, or Edgefor." Well, I mean, Matt Matt narrowed it down from eight to three, so that was good. I I, I don't really want to play favorites in this draft class, but I think when you're talking about the draft class, because obviously they're in different rounds, so there's obviously different expectations for all of them. But I think the value of a player like Kiki QT in round four, pick 103, I love it because I think he's going to give you that and then some. I think we're going to look back years down the road and we're going to think, man, Kiki QT was a fourth? Wow. Now, Bruce was a third, I believe, with San Francisco in 2014. I love Bruce coming out. I love Kiki. I I love slot receivers that have got explosive qualities to their game, especially the ability to go down the field. Bruce had that at South Carolina. And Kiki had that at Texas Tech. And those two obviously are going to compete with one another, and now they just got to stay healthy. That's been the problem for Bruce, the problem for a few of the receivers. They got to stay healthy, got to get it right going forward. But I would say, value wise, that's the way I look at it. Because your first round pick, the number, you know, Justin Reed should should end up being the best player. That's why you drafted him the first pick uh, in the third round. But when it comes to matching value with the production, it's because expectations change depending on what round. I would say it's Kiki QT. So there you go. Big thanks to Mark. Big thanks to Drew. Thank you guys for stopping by. Thank you all for listening. Y'all have a great weekend. Happy Cinco de Mayo to all of you. Celebrate accordingly and safe. And we'll see you on Monday. As always, go Texans.